Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Grizz Weekly Grind, a proud affiliate of the Basketball Podcast Network. I'm Pete Pranica, TV voice of the Memphis Grizzlies, and your host for the program. This is episode 60. Media day was on Monday. First day of practice for the Memphis Grizzlies was on Tuesday, and we've got some sound from head coach Taylor Jenkins as he reflects on the first day of practice at FedEx Forum. Today's show is being brought to you by the Hoop City Basketball Club. Since 2005, their mission has been to assist young student-athletes in grades 1 through 12 in developing a strong work ethic with discipline, responsibility, and accountability. Hoop City has helped young men be great on the court and in the community. Their alumni include major college and NBA players. If you'd like more information on how to become part of this great sports and character-building club, log on to HoopCityBC.com. You can also follow them on Twitter, at HoopCityBC. As they say, it's in our blood. It's who we are in Hoop City. Check out their latest fall leagues and uh, any other opportunities for your young person to be involved in Hoop City Basketball Club. It's an outstanding organization. Just had a fundraiser for the Youth Athletic Foundation with Mike Miller, and uh, they raised a lot of money. And uh, we heard from one of the young men who grew up in Memphis and was part of uh, this program, and uh, he has gone on to do great things inside and outside of basketball so uh, check out the hoop city basketball club and i promise you will not be disappointed if you want to get your young person involved in basketball and uh, also basketball with a character building component as well this is episode 60 as i said we're going to hear from head coach taylor jenkins get early thoughts on the memphis grizzlies and uh before we get to that i i did take last week off and i hope you all understand hope you didn't miss the podcast too much hope you missed it at least a little bit and that that you're back today that that's always a good thing um i i have to i'm, I'm gonna brag on myself or or just gloat maybe might be the more accurate word for this um the reason that i did not record a podcast last week was because i was on the road and i was on the road with what i've come to call the ultimate wisconsin sports experience it was really quite a weekend Going back uh, a ways when tickets became available for the Ryder Cup, I put into the lottery for one of the practice days. The competition days obviously are going to be amazing, but they're also going to be more crowded. You're not going to have as much freedom to move around the grounds at Whistling Straits as you might otherwise. And basically, you, you pretty much pick out a hole, and you probably, you know, you camp out and you watch the groups come through. Like I said, you don't have a whole lot of mobility or choice necessarily to to view. Um so that was supposed to be, of course, in, in 2020. Then COVID happened, and so it was rescheduled for uh, last Tuesday. And my cousin, Adam, who, by the way, also has a podcast called The Greatest Generation. If you are a Star Trek fan, uh, look up that podcast because it is exceptional. And they even do live shows, which maybe we need to take this show on the road. But that, that's another story for another day. In any event, when when the Green Bay Packers schedule came out, and understand, of course, that I grew up about 12 miles from Lambeau Field and used to go good games as a kid, um, and Adam's dad also grew up in Green Bay, that he said, well, look, the, the Packers schedule is out. Did you realize the Packers are at home to Detroit the night before we have tickets to Whistling Straits? Okay, pretty cool. I have a connection for tickets, and I was able to uh, to work that connection. So we got nice seats for the Packers game on Monday night. And then I said, well, look, let's see what the Brewers are doing. Is there any possibility that the Brewers are home that weekend? And lo and behold, the Brewers are home to the Chicago Cubs that weekend. Uh, Brian Anderson 
friend of the program, uh, hooked us up with a couple of really, really good tickets right below the press box. Uh, so we had a perfect view for Brewers and Cubs. Unfortunately, Brewers not able to complete the rally, and they lost to the Cubs. Packers on Monday night in the rain, able to come from behind, dominant second half, and then had the opportunity to go to Whistling Straits and see the world's greatest golfers. And it's to me, I am such a process-oriented individual. I really enjoy watching practice uh, almost as much as the actual competition because you're seeing what these guys are trying to do. They're talking to each other. They're talking through the shots. They're, they're talking through things with, the, with their caddies. And it's not nearly as crowded as it might be on a competition day. So you can get right up to the ropes and, and you can hear these conversations. You know, Xander Shoffley is, is, is joking with Freddie Couples, who's one of the captains, and, and they're talking and, and having a good time. It really is a much more laid-back atmosphere, and, and I, I really enjoy that. I've been to practice days at major tournaments before, and I, I just find it to be a lot of fun because it's, it's much more relaxed. Obviously, those people who went on competition days and they dressed up and they chanted USA, I'm sure that they had a fabulous time. But all in all, really a good time. And I was focused on that. So yeah, there was no podcast last week. Sorry about that. We're we're back in the saddle and we're going to be regular with this. And once the season starts, we'll go back to our twice a week schedule uh, once we get really into uh, into the NBA season. Grizzlies opener, by the way, the regular season opener, by the way, will be October the 20th. It will be at home to Cleveland. Then the Grizzlies immediately go out west for four to Clippers, Lakers, Portland, and Golden State before coming back for a three-game homestand encompassing the end of October and the first few days of November. Media day, as I said, for most teams was on Monday. Lakers actually had theirs on Tuesday. Many of the questions that were asked of players and coaches did have to include COVID-19. It, it is a topic that is top of mind. The Grizzlies uh, do not have 100% vaccination at this point, but general manager Zach Kleiman saying we feel we're in a good position, good place to get to 100%. 90% of NBA players are vaccinated. Michelle Roberts, the executive director of the Players Association, was touting that number on Tuesday. Um uh, which which is good. Uh, the bottom line, unfortunately, is that you still have 10% of your membership not vaccinated. Uh, some of the notable holdouts include Bradley Beal. Uh, Andrew Riggins applied for a religious exemption, which was denied by the NBA and, and Kyrie Irving. They're saying that they need more research before they take the vaccine. I don't know how much more research you can do. Uh, these vaccines have been proven to be safe. They have been proven to be effective. They are not bulletproof. I get that. I understand that. But it is the best hedge we have against this pandemic. I also don't understand why these players are holding out. And I, I understand personal freedom, personal liberty. I get that. But the problem with COVID-19, this is not a personal health issue. It is a public health issue. Because if you are not vaccinated, and because we now have the Delta variant, which is far more transmissible than the original COVID-19, you are putting people at risk because of the choice that you make to not be vaccinated. I don't understand this in a team situation where maybe everybody else is vaccinated, but you decide to hold out for personal reasons. What kind of teammate are you being? Because now 
the NBA has come out with their protocols. And for those players who are vaccinated, it's going to be pretty much the same as it was in the quote-unquote normal days, with the exception of masking. And there might be some periodic testing. But if you're not a vaccinated player, you're not going to be able to eat at the team dinner in the same room. You are going to be basically held to the same quarantine-type standards that players were held to last year before we had a vaccine. So you are not going to be able to, if you go on the road, you're not going to be able to go out to eat. You're certainly not going to be able to go out to clubs. You are going to be staying in your room. Uh, and even when you are with your team, you're going, you are going to be segregated. You're not going to be able to sit with them. Um, there was also an interesting article that appeared on ESPN.com where basketball operations support staff people, trainers, physical therapists, assistant coaches were expressing some worry, some concern, and even stronger emotions about players that were not getting vaccinated. NBA trainers have a union. And their union was fine with a vaccine mandate. NBA referees are part of a union. They were fine with a vaccine mandate. Players Association, not okay with a vaccine mandate. They said it's a non-starter. We're not going to even go there. Don't even, don't even think about it. Here's where I have a problem with unvaccinated players. Because you may well have an, an athletic trainer who is vaccinated. Yes, you're masked. The unvaccinated player is masked, let's say, and, and the trainer is masked. There's still the possibility of a breakthrough infection. You're talking about a young athletic trainer. Most of them are, are on the young side. They have families at home. They may have children that are too young to be vaccinated. And so now because you choose as an unvaccinated player not to receive the vaccine, you are potentially putting other people on your team at risk. I get it. Breakthrough infections are very, very rare, but it is possible. And this is what I don't understand about Bradley Beal's take on this, which is, well, people who get the vaccine, they still get it. Yeah, there are, there are breakthrough infections. I get that. Those people who are infected in a breakthrough fashion, their symptoms are going to be far less, probably not going to require them to be in ICU, probably not required them to be intubated. So yeah, it's, it's much milder. Do you know why we have breakthrough infections? We have breakthrough infections because people are not vaccinated. They are the ones who are causing the breakthrough infections. Why do we have a Delta variant? We have a Delta variant because when we have the opportunity to vaccinate our population, a significant amount of people said, nope, thanks, not going to do it. You can't put a needle in my arm. You can't force me to do it. I get that. That, that. That's personal freedom. But the problem is, if you don't have enough people vaccinated, this virus is going to mutate. It has already mutated into the Delta variant. And that's why we had a spike in infections. That's why we had a spike in hospitalizations. That's why we're hearing stories about healthcare systems being stressed to the max. ICUs are filled. People who have non-threatening medical conditions are not getting appropriate care because non-vaccinated people have COVID and they're taking up all our healthcare resources. If you're a player, I just don't understand how you can, for lack of a better word, be so selfish when you are in a team situation and you can have a negative impact on your team by not taking this vaccine, which as we will tell you, and if you believe the science, and, and I happen to believe in the science, that is safe, that is effective. And if, if you're going to turn this down, 
I just, I, I just, I don't understand what kind of teammate you are. I, I just, that, that's, that's just my mindset. And I know a lot of people probably will disagree with me. Tell me that I'm wrong. Tell me that I'm an idiot. But the fact of the matter is, uh, vaccination, although not totally bulletproof, is our best weapon of dealing with COVID-19. Secondarily to that, the, uh, the story was reported. The, the Grizzlies have not put out an official press release at the time of this recording, but the, the word on the street is that FedEx Forum, the Grizzlies and Memphis Tigers, are going to require anybody to go to a basketball game at FedEx Forum to either submit proof of vaccination or proof of a negative COVID test within 72 hours of tip time. That is part of a trend that we're seeing around the country. There are numerous arenas that have said, look, if you're not vaccinated, you can't come in the door. Um, or if you don't have a negative test immediately before the game, you're not coming in. Uh, the, the story coming out of Memphis further reporting that right now Shelby County has the mass mandate in place if you are indoors. So it appears right now that, uh, you know, unless something changes between now and October the 20th for the home opener, you better be vaccinated or have a negative test result to show, and you're going to be wearing a mask inside. And why? And, and people may be upset with this. You know why we're in this mess? Because, again, people didn't get vaccinated. If enough people got vaccinated and the infection rate started to go down, we wouldn't be having to do all this. But the fact that people have turned down the vaccine and have said, no, I, I, I don't believe in Dr. Fauci. I don't believe in the Center for Disease Control. I, I think the government is trying to do something nefarious here. That's why COVID is still here. That's why it is as prevalent as it is. And that is why we are having all these rules. If more people got vaccinated, we, we could quash this thing. But the fact of the matter is not enough got vaccinated. We got the Delta variant. Hopefully we don't get another variant and we don't get another spike in infections or deaths. Eventually we'd like to get back to normal. I think we're all a little sick and tired of, 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 of life under COVID as it were. Having said that, things are a little bit better um it, it we we're not we haven't made a big public pronouncement but i'm the grizzlies broadcasters will travel this year which we're very very happy about so we are going to be able to to be with the team on a daily basis we have to be vaccinated we're going to have to be masked we may have to be tested periodically but the fact of the matter is we are going to be able to be around um the players and tell their stories and tell the stories of the memphis grizzlies in the best way possible on valley sports southeast and i'm very grateful to uh, Bally Sports Southeast, and also to uh, Grizzlies management uh, that championed us being on the road. There are a number of broadcast groups that will not travel this year. Uh, some of it might be for what they perceive are safety reasons. Some of them might be for financial reasons. I, I you know, I, I can't speak to that because I'm not privy to some of those conversations. But the fact of the matter is, not all broadcasters are going to travel, uh, at least at the start of this year. So, but. Uh, for for our our part and and now because if you're vaccinated you have better access to players we were able to interview players yesterday after the end of practice uh, we did it in masks we were able to interview players at media day yes we had to do it in masks even though we were vaccinated even though that you know I tested negative going into media day but the fact of the matter is we can actually be in the same room with these guys and 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 have some interactions with them and it was uh, gratifying to hear a number of coaches support staff even players say we missed you guys on the road and we, we really want you to be on the road this year and uh and uh, happily that uh, that will be the case 
So we're looking forward to things kind of sort of getting back to normal. But again, if you're going to be going to a game at FedEx Forum, be prepared to be vaccinated or to show a negative test and make sure to bring your mask along. That's that's just where we are as a society right now. It's uh, it's less than ideal. But again, the fact that we have such a large percentage of the population, no, it's not the majority, but it's a pretty large number uh, that have not been vaccinated. And the infection rates just are at a, at a place where you have to be very, very careful so that we don't have another outbreak of this and we don't have uh, the advent of, of a new variant of COVID-19. As it is, even if we all get vaccinated, COVID-19 is going to be around for a long, long time. Uh, this is a very, very difficult virus to deal with. And the best way to deal with it, quite frankly, is, is to get vaccinated. So it remains to be seen if, if guys like Bradley Beal will, will go ahead and get their vaccine. Very grateful to see Kareem Abdul-Jabbar come out very, very strongly in a Rolling Stone article talking about the need for players if you are going to be part of a team situation you you really all do need to be vaccinated and LeBron James underscoring that as well Tuesday at Lakers media day saying look we want to win a championship and and the first stepping stone in that is everybody being healthy and the first step in everybody being healthy is everybody being vaccinated so the Lakers are 100% vaccinated so uh you know 90% of players now hopefully more and more We'll get vaccinated, and uh, it's just going to be better for everybody. It, it really and truly is. And so I, I just would hope that people who have held out on being vaccinated would go take the shot, and that's the way we're going to get back to, uh, to really where we want to be in terms of our style of life. So with all that having been said, Let's remind everybody that today's episode of the Grizz Weekly Grind is being brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Week three of the NFL season is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week four with DraftKings Sportsbook. They're an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off another action-packed week, DraftKings is giving new customers $150 instantly when they bet $1.00. On any football game. Now, listen up. Here, here's, here are the bullet points for this, okay? Head to DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Place a bet of $1. $1 on any game this week, and you will receive $150 in free bets instantly. Now, if Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with your daily fantasy contests. So DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their very first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit, and $1 wager is required. One per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, one 1- 809 with it. So the Grizzlies finally went to work on Tuesday afternoon. Taylor Jenkins had him in practice for uh, just under three hours. Grizzlies going with only single practices this year, basically starting at noon and running for two and a half to three hours instead of the uh, maybe more traditional two-a-day workouts. But of course, afterwards, the first question on everybody's mind. What was that first day like? Oh man, it's always it's always great. Uh, the lead-in, the anticipation. I mean, everyone comes in with big smiles on their faces, ready to get after it. But what I love about this group is 
you know, we've been together here for a couple of years. We've got some new faces, but everyone's locked in. You know, um, everyone came in with the appropriate mentality. Everyone knows that we still have a lot of work to do uh, in so many areas of our game. The coaches know that too. We spent a lot of time figuring out how to challenge ourselves, but I think everyone came in just knowing the band's back together. Um, but they understand this is a long journey. Um, this is day one, but it was a great, you know, tone setter. We had a lot of, everybody came in with the right mentality, but great to see the leaders on our team, you know, step up. Guys that have been here for a couple of years, their voices, you know, I'm always on them about just, you know, taking your leadership to another level. Uh, it was great that I didn't have to lose my voice in the, in the first day. We'll see what happens, you know, day three. One of the strengths of the Grizzlies roster is the fact that there's been relatively little turnover for the Grizzlies. Now, they do add Jared Culver, and they do add Chris Dunn, and they do add Steven Adams. But by and large, the core of this team returns. I asked Taylor Jenkins what that meant for this team going forward. I'd say it's very hopeful. Um, you know, you always want to try to find consistency. That's a big theme of mine. Uh, when, you know, how we work, how we play, are we being more consistent in our habits? And then we can kind of know corporate knowledge, uh, a lot of the stuff that we stand for. Talk to the guys about the standard that we've set the last two years and how it's not good enough. You know, we've got more. Are we gonna are we gonna do enough? We're we gonna do more. Um, but to have the guys come back that have you know felt what we've done over the last two years and you know the different tastes that we've had in the mouth year one to year two, um, there, there's an excitement about building more. So having a lot of people, whether it's players or staff in here, knowing what we've done and accomplished. I mean, we haven't arrived by any stretch of the imagination. Um, you know, it excites everyone and motivates them. So when I was talking about with these guys is. When we have new faces come in, players and staff, they know how they can educate them on what we need to do on a daily basis and what standard we're setting for ourselves. One of the key items for Taylor Jenkins in this training camp is communication and accountability from the guys on the floor. The confidence that a lot of our guys, you know, uh, the vets of this team that can step up and, you know, do the coaching without me having to step in. You know, that peer-to-peer that -peer accountability is huge. Uh, obviously, I can't wait to jump in and, and get on the guys and fire them up and all that stuff. But uh, the guys did a great job there. And then I'm just going to seek more, you know, while we're playing, while the drill's going on. How are you able to, which is probably any human has a struggle when they're running. They can't really talk on the phone. <laughs> so uh, we, we've all been there. But how am I going to challenge them when we're running up in the floor and we've got 17,000 rabid fans getting after it? How are we making sure we're on the same page and we're communicating for each other? So I'm glad that, you know, the players are talking about that. That means it's sinking in. So. The Grizzlies remain one of the youngest teams in the NBA, and veteran leadership will be at a premium, but it will be much needed. A guy who can provide some of that is Steven Adams. Here's what Taylor Jenkins had to say about Adams' role as a leader on the team. What's great about our team is we got guys that can lead in a lot of different ways. Um, so when I, when I sat down and you know talked to him about him specifically, the spirit and energy that he has, um, obviously he's been around. You know He and I have had a lot of one-on-one -on -one conversations about you know himself, his growth. Uh, on and off the floor, the team, you know, on and off the floor, but just embracing that responsibility um, to not shy away from it. You know, you've been here, you've been on the floor, you've rolled up your sleeves, you, you've put in the sweat and tears. Um, you know, guys are going to look to you, and that's great when I can tell you your teammates are looking to you for the guidance. Um, that's your opportunity to step in and take that leadership opportunity. But I want him to go out there. You know, we, we've talked plenty of times what I need to, for him to do on the court, you know, player-wise, but leader-wise. Uh, that's definitely a big emphasis of his, and I know he's really excited for the challenge and the opportunity. It's, it's a blessing. I mean, uh, you know, I hopefully still have a job for a really long time, but whenever uh, a player can go and coach another player and help them give a lot of tips, 
Um, that's the perfect world for us. So, I mean, Steven is an uh, ultimate pro, vet, um, highly successful in this league. So for our young bigs to learn from him, learn different tricks, you know, probably one of the first tricks is how to guard Steven or how to go <laughs> against Steven because uh, of how, you know, much of a force he is on both ends of the floor. But, um, you know, they're doing it in the locker room. Steven's actively coming to me saying, hey, I'm, I'm talking to the, the young guys, you know, about X, Y, and Z. I'm like, good, you know, because it's all speaking our same language. But, I mean, wrestling as a big can be uh, presents on challenges. So I think it's great that they're interacting at that level. Taylor Jenkins also talked about expectations for the team and his communication style with the players. Yeah, we start playing seeds for sure. I mean, I, I definitely hit the guys um, early about, you know, just our overall expectations of, you know, how we work and how we play and, you know, what we've done over the last few years and how we've got to get better. Um, so I try to give them an overarching theme of, you know, where we got better from year one to year two in my time here and now year two to year three. But then we just start kind of as you know, the way I said it is, how are we showing them the recipe or our game plan for success? Uh, and I think our guys really embraced that last year because we had a sample size in year one to say, hey, here's what we did well, here's what we struggled with. So we came in day one last year and said, this is why we are doing these drills. This is why we are going to emphasize and repeatedly get on you about doing this and this and this and making that a habit. Um, so there's a lot of stuff that we did well last year that we want to reinforce, uh, but then there's some nuances, you know, offensively and defensively that we want to kind of sprinkle in early in camp and then we'll have the numbers to show them, we'll have the film to show them, but I want to give them an idea of why are we doing these drills. They're targeted to make us better offensively, defensively, situationally. Um, so hopefully we grasp that earlier in the season so it pays off in the long run. Those are the thoughts of Taylor Jenkins after the first Grizzlies practice on Tuesday. One of the things that I've noticed about Taylor Jenkins through the years and now in his third season as head coach of the Memphis Grizzlies, he believes in communication. Communication to his players Number one, that he cares about them as people in addition to basketball players. Number two, that there is a consistency of his communication. He's not somebody who comes up with a flavor of the month motivational tactic and you hear about it for a couple of weeks and then it disappears. He's always talking about building habits, about building winning habits. And anytime he talks to this team, it's about reinforcing those winning habits. And when you have a, a youngish team, and certainly the Grizzlies qualify, I know Kyle Anderson's been around for a while. Dylan Brooks has been around for a while. Steven Adams has been around for longer than anybody else. But when you have a youngish team, and, and I'm thinking about, about guys like Ja and Jaron, these you just have to be consistent with your messaging so that you don't mess up their minds in any way, shape, or form. You are consistent with what you tell them day after day. And also the fact that accountability is really, really important. You know, in, in Taylor Jenkins' world as, as a coach, I tell you something, I give you a rationale why I'm telling you something, or I give you a rationale uh, why we're doing a particular drill, and I expect you to understand that rationale, to enact that rationale, to ingra ingrain that as one of your habits, and I expect you to be accountable in creating good winning habits because of what we are telling you. And it, that's a very, very simple and straightforward way of communicating, but I think the fact that it's such an important element of who Taylor Jenkins is as a coach, I think that is what sets him up for success. I mean, you can be the greatest X's and O's coach in the world, but if your communication is bad, if you don't show and prove to your players that you care about them as human beings in addition to basketball players, if you can't get them to buy in, if you can't get them to create winning basketball habits, it's going to be hard. I don't care how great your pick and roll may be on the whiteboard. It's, it's the players who execute it. And 
his ability to reach his players, to get them to buy in, to get them to bond together, I think is his greatest strength. I don't know what the ceiling is for this Grizzlies team. I, I think that like like last year and, and the previous year, uh, they're going to be battling for the best possible seeding in the play-in range. The West is really, really tough, and you know Golden State's going to get Clay Thompson back at some point during the season. You know, six seed in the West, that's a pretty tall order. And, and we know the Clippers won't have Kawhi Leonard, but, you know, is Portland going to be better now? with Chauncey Billups. We know Denver's going to be good. We know the Lakers, uh, we, we think they're going to be better than than what they were at the end of the season last year. Uh, if, if they remain healthy, they're, they're certainly going to be very, very dangerous. Uh, you know, does Dallas improve? New Orleans may be on the way down if Zion Williamson's, uh, you know, fractured foot doesn't respond. So six, it's, it's a lofty goal because the six seed would keep you out of the play-in tournament. Uh, if you're seven or eight, you only have to win one game. But uh, it, it it's going to be tough. And so that's why I really think that the first stretch of the schedule, which is just murderous to look at on paper, after you have Cleveland, then you've got the Clippers, Lakers, Blazers, Warriors, Heat, and then the Nuggets twice. Uh, and that, you know, that that's what you have on your docket. And we haven't even gotten into November yet. So um, it's, it's going to be a big challenge. But I'm, I'm very interested to see how this team will come together the role that Steven Adams will play not only on the court but in the locker room as a leader to see how John Morant has developed and for me and I, I think I speak for all of us in the broadcast group but the, the biggest x factor really is Jaron Jackson Jr. is he going to be a the best version of Jaron we can we can possibly see will the fouls go down uh, will he be able to stay on the floor and, and not be fouling will he be available and not be injured because Injuries have, have been an unfortunate part of the early portion of his career, along with foul problems. So, uh, you know, the best ability is availability. And so health and uh, avoiding fouls are going to be job one for him. And then after that, I'd like to see him be more of an inside-out player. Obviously, he can hit threes, but he's also so gifted in the post. And I think that, you know, you don't want him to abandon the post offense in favor of solely a three-point shot. Clearly, he can be a spacer. Uh, whether he's playing the four or the five, but uh, he's just dynamite on a block, and I would like to see him do even more of that, and that hopefully will open up better uh, quality three-point looks from him. So there you go, handful of thoughts from the first day of Grizzlies training camp. Really looking forward to seeing the Grizzlies on the floor. They will be on the floor at FedEx Forum on Sunday afternoon for the open practice, which is free uh, to the public. Grizzlies' first preseason game will be at home on Tuesday, October the 5th, when they take on the Milwaukee Bucks. Really looking forward to that. We'll have all the action for you on Bally Sports Southeast. No Grizzlies live uh, in the preseason, so we'll jump right in with game coverage starting at 7 o'clock on Tuesday, October the 5th, when the Grizzlies take on the Milwaukee Bucks. That does it for Episode 60 of the Grizz Weekly Grind, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook and by Hoop City Basketball Club. I'm Pete Pranica. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. We'll be right back. 